and welcome back to the Some Sort of Miracle podcast. I'm Ed. I'm Paul. I'm Nick. I'm Jacob. And I'm Lauren. And this is our first official episode. We're really excited to be uh, here and talking today, and we're going to be talking about the topic of miracles. How are we feeling about this one? Yeah, it's good. It's big. It fits quite well with the name of the podcast. Yes. Almost like we planned it. Almost like we planned it. So, guys, I've got a question to ask you. Fire away. If you had the opportunity to interview absolutely anybody, whether they are alive or they're dead, who would it be and why? Jacob. I wasn't expecting to go first. Um, I'm stuck. I'd either want to interview Kanye West, but I realise it'd be a very difficult interview because he's, he's quite difficult to interview. I've seen in other interviews, but I'd love to know like what is going on in his head sometimes. Like He's an absolute nutcase. But I just love him. But brilliant at the same time. A moment. brilliant nutcase, and I just want to pick his brain out and see what he's going on. Um, the other person I'd like to interview, I don't know, probably a footballer, maybe someone like Pele, see what, what he's really... Or maybe even Messi. I don't think I've seen many like proper interviews with Messi. So just seeing like what is his life like and how is he so good at football. Fair news. Anybody else? Yeah, for me, uh, I think probably similar to Jacob on the sporting theme, it'd be one of the Klitschko brothers. Um, who are they? They are both boxers who are both um, world heavyweight champions. Very tall. Very tall, very strong. Um, they both speak several languages. They've both um, got PhDs, so very intelligent fellas, but um, went down the path of boxing. So I'd be really interested to know sort of their life story, really, where they, how they arrived at being boxers, um, how they managed to dominate a sport for best part of 15 years and um, what kept them going and all those kind of things so yeah, I think it'd be really interesting Would you fight either of them? I'd have a go I think I don't think it'll last very long but I'd certainly have you know just to say that you had Would yeah. it be a miracle? It would be a miracle if it'll survive more than about 30 seconds I think <laughs> What about you Paul? Um, I think potentially someone like Stephen Hawking someone that's sort of famous for being incredibly intelligent but also for dumbing it down for so people can understand because I need that Yeah me too um, Clever guy and obviously facing fairly big adversity to to become so famous for being really, really clever. I think it'd just be really interesting to talk to. Mm. Um, there's a chance I might learn something. <laughs> it seems seems a little bit beyond me most chance. of the time, but I, it'd be an interesting conversation either way. Yeah. Ed, do you have anyone that you'd like to interview? Yeah, I think mine would be uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Good the shout. guy who wrote Hamilton the Musical. Thank uh, you for clarifying. Yes, and... I think I would, I'd like to interview him because in all the other in- interviews I've seen of him, he just seems like a genuinely really nice guy. And I feel like interviewing a celebrity, I'd get quite starstruck and I feel like he'd help me through that. <laughs> so it's more for the support than anything, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, um, but also, you know, it's, it's amazing the amount of, um, amount of work he put into that one musical, basically writing in it writing it all, all himself and then performing in it and uh, if you've listened to it or seen it you'll know what a what an amazing piece of work that that whole thing is um so yeah Lin-Manuel Miranda for me what about you Lauren well I think I'd really really like to just have 10 minutes in a room with William Booth the founder of the Salvation Army. Really? What would you ask him? I'd, just, I'd really like to know what his views are on the Salvation Army in the 21st century. What does he think we've got right? What does he think we need to change? All that kind of thing. I'd just like to know what he thinks. Because so often when we make decisions or when things happen, I often think, mm, I wonder what William Booth would think about that. Um, so yeah, just like to ask him those kind of questions. 
Yeah, that would be interesting. And it's it's so different, isn't it, as an organisation, so as a movement? But then it's the same to... as well, because okay. the, the needs that we're meeting are... Yeah. Like, if you read Darkest England, one of his, like, greatest pieces of work, like, we are still fighting the same battles, and it's just interesting to see what he thinks about it. So that's who I'd interview. Yeah, excellent. So miracles. So miracles. So I guess a good place to start would be to ask just everyone here, what is your uh, understanding of what a miracle is? Um, what When someone says that a miracle's happened, what, what are the thing, thoughts that go through your head? It's interesting. I think uh, the word miracle for me goes a little bit alongside the word love, where it's sometimes misappropriated um, in its purest form. Um, so for me, a, a miracle is something that you just you cannot explain any other way other than an act of God, um, that there's not, not really any real explanation for it other than God has done it. Mine's quite similar to yours in the sense of I'd see a miracle as God, but I'd see it as God's love. Each miracle is an aspect of God showing his love and there's no other way to really explain that. Yeah. Uh, because I have no creative bones in my body, of course I googled it before we started. <laughs> um, and the definition I found was uncommon activity bearing witness to God. So that's kind of along the lines of what you guys are saying. Yeah. Um, I think the bearing witness to God bit's important for, for my understanding of a miracle. Um, it also said that it comes from um, a Greek word, which is something similar to powers. So kind of like an inherited power from God. So maybe people perform miracles as a power through God, some, a God-given effect, if you like. Yeah. I have to admit, I'm I'm quite sceptical, actually, um, which I always kind of beat myself up about as well, actually, uh, because w- just in my head, I, I do believe in a God that is capable of performing these miracles. But still, when people say, oh, this amazing miracle happened to me, my, my instinct is to say, no, it didn't. <laughs> or, yeah. to, or like just to kind of have a bit of a negative reaction. And, it's one and of those I don't words know why. That you don't really use a lot, like... Mm which I kind of think is in a good way, but then when it does get used, it doesn't get used in the sense that we're defining it as now. So most of the times I hear talking about miracles is in like a sporting miracle or something like that, whereas the miracles that were happening in the Bible were bring like bringing people back to life and stuff like that. And we get that sort of thing now in like where people are brought back to life from like serious situations, but we don't really use the word miracle. It's interesting about looking through some of the stories in the Bible about miracles, the, the kind of... Um, fact that the scientists have gone through and perhaps tried to explain some of them. You know, I think that's a really interesting um, point. I think we were discussing a little bit just before uh, we, we were recording this podcast about where where that uh, what what a miracle kind of comes down to, um, and the fact that maybe that has changed over time. That um, because now we we see things with a very um, scientific viewpoint, some things can be explained away, and you know maybe it's not quite as miraculous as um, Paul was using the example of, of uh, a car. You know, if you were from the Victorian era or before, certainly, sorry, um, you saw a car, it would seem miraculous that something was moving without any uh, sort of horse or anything pulling it. Yeah, so, um, but to us. That's it's not miraculous at all. So I think the the viewpoint of it is quite, um, yeah, quite interesting to see how that changed over time. But some things stand throughout time. If you're dead for four days and you come back to life, surely that's, that's still fairly impressive, no matter what context you put that exactly, in. Exactly, yeah. and, and I don't think you can explain that away too much with science. Okay, who would like to bring the first question then? Uh, yeah, I'll go first. Um, 
is there a size restriction on miracles? Um, I'm sort of thinking, can anything be too small? But I guess, can anything be too big as well? Um, is there anything restricting what a miracle is? I think that kind of links to perspective because something that you might see as a small, a small miracle could actually be a massive miracle to someone else. So for me, I don't know. Maybe for me, a small miracle could be something like, oh, I'll turn the hot tap on and it's actually warm. But to uh, someone who doesn't have access to like clean water or something, being able to turn the tap on and get water out is a massive miracle. Yeah. Yeah, I think that does massively depend on the perspective of what you see a miracle as as well. Like we said, if you see it as specifically a God intervention sort of past anything we know, then that's that's a very different thing to sort of what what we've got sort of being lucky to be in a place yeah. where we've got. And that's the thing, like when water. when God gives when God gives us miracles, they're not always just straightforward. Like, oh, this is a this is a miracle. Look look at what this is. Sometimes you miracle you have to do something with the miracle to make it like evolve or turn into more miracles, so to speak. So Can say you if, give an example. So say if God gives someone. So you work, you work at the Salvation Abbey. You work with kids. So God's given you the miracle, the miracle that is like the gift of being able to work with kids. You've you've then used that gift and that miracle to then change children's lives, so to speak. So then you're putting other sort of miracles into their lives. That's so interesting because I would never see that as a miracle. Like I would see that as I don't know a skill or something that maybe yes. It might have been planted there by God, but it's something... I, yeah, I guess I have worked with it and harnessed it and learned from experiences with it and things. But I would never have viewed that as a miracle. But again, it comes back down to perception and what you view as a miracle. So in that context, I was saying that any work of God can be viewed as a miracle. Yes, I think so, yeah. I think, And sometimes it can be a very personal thing. Um, so, for example... Um, Doing, doing a certain thing for some people it'd be really really easy to well i guess even just walking down the street for some people that's a really really easy thing to do but if you've not walked ever in your life and then you you suddenly find yourself with you know miraculously can walk down the street i guess that's that's all a part of the perception so some things that can be um I guess, yeah, where you, for one person it's not a miracle, for another person it 100% is. Um, so I guess the, the, for a miracle for me is going to be different to Jacob, to, to you, Lauren. So does it come to down Paul to context to... as well as perception? I think so, yeah. The yeah, context definitely. of God's work about whether it it is viewed as a miracle or whether it's just viewed as... I think, yeah, if I just said, you know, it's a miracle the other day, my friend walked down the street and and left it at that, suddenly it'd be like, well, that's not a miracle. But then if you add in the context that actually he's never walked before, then it suddenly does become, um, yeah, quite miraculous. I think it's interesting as well that, like, we're not the only ones who have thought about how we perceive miracles. So that I've got a quote from Albert Einstein that says, there's two ways to live your life. One is that uh, nothing is a miracle and the other is that uh, everything is a miracle. So like we've said, you didn't see a, a gift that God had given you as a miracle before, but that night just because that's the way you don't perceive it, whereas I perceive everything that's God given to me as a miracle. Yeah, it's interesting. And that's got to be a positive way to look at life, hasn't it? Oh, yeah, like, definitely. Because then you're going to find God in everything. Yeah. Um, but portraying that to other people. Yeah, I find that really hard. Uh, um, like seeing the small things as miracles, even though like 
I, I could see it. Like, for example, this this Christmas, we, we ran a toy appeal, as lots of Savage Nami's do across the country. And like every year, the exact amount of families that we had that were needed um, toys for that Christmas, we got that number of presents. And that happens every year. Like, we've never never been in a place where we've really not had what we needed to give to people. And... It's yeah, I find that difficult. Like even though in my head I go, oh yeah, that, of course that's a miracle. If someone to ask me, you know, what what miracles have happened in your life, I'd probably go, um, I I don't know. It, it's not like that would instantly jump to mind, but I don't know whether that's just me. Do you think that's or... a conditioning of what you think a miracle is, rather than because I don't think you would argue that it's God given and that God's provided the toy appeal. Oh, but I guess I would, but then I would also. Start to go, oh, oh but has he? <laughs> like, I'd, I'd get myself tied up in knots with it very quickly. But I, I guess I overthink everything. So, like, how, where do you draw the line between human generosity and God intervention? Like, th- those are two things that I think that both are happening in that instance. But can we live with the tension between those two, those two motivations? Could you argue that human generosity is one of God's characteristics, which so? Basically, I guess he's kind of feeding into yeah. that, whether the people are fully aware of it or, yeah. or not, or whether they just feel prompted just to do this because it's a nice thing to do at Christmas, yeah. really. God's at work within them, whether they realise it or not. So I really like that in that in our very being, because we're made in the image of God, our compassionate and generous and loving um, instincts are miracles. I guess that's what, what you're saying. I, I like that way of seeing it, but... Also, part of me is thinking, yeah, that's a bit of a cop-out, though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I think there's a lot of... I think if you've got a, a, a scientific mind or a yeah. logical mind, yeah. it's, it's very easy to uh, to look at things and say, well, that this is and that's not, and, and try and partition things. I think that's... Human nature is very much... We want black and white, and we don't want a great deal of grey. But I think pro- probably the whole reason for this podcast is because there's so much grey yeah. in life that you can't separate into black and white. And to be honest, the podcast is probably going to make more grey. Um, but I hope it's, so. <laughs> yeah, but us sitting and, and being able to live with that and, and kind of grow in that itself. Yeah, is, to grasp some of it as well, yeah, just to get is to a get huge to part of it. it. Um, and to be okay with the fact that we were never designed to understand it all either, which is definitely my default <laughs> position whenever <laughs> we get onto these kind of topics. That did get real deep real fast. Mm. Yeah. Um, uh, so I've got another question. Okay. Or my first question, but another question. Um, I can't remember where I saw this, but as I was reading about miracles, um, somebody talked about miracles as something that points to as a sign beyond itself to inspire wonder or awe. Shall I say that again? Yes, please. (laughs) So God still uses miracles as something that points to as a sign beyond itself to inspire wonder or awe. So what does that mean? Well, I think it means, but again, we've already established I'm quite simple. Um, I think it means that a miracle points to something. So it points to itself, but it, it's pointing as a sign to God, I would say, in that instance. Yeah. So it's guiding people to I God, that, yeah. essentially. Some people might say that it's to something else, to some supernatural power or whatever. But um, in this context, it's about pointing to God to inspire wonder and awe, which might not be created otherwise. So with that in mind, is God still using 
modern day miracles to inspire wonder and awe to point to himself. I think that ties in really nicely with what Jacob said about everything being a miracle. I think God using everything to point back to himself, to, to focus our minds on him, I think you could very much view that that um, the whole of, of life as a, as a miracle in itself. And if you think about life, it kind of is. Um, mm. I guess there's a distinction there between highly improbable and miraculous. I think there's quite a, for those, those that think a little bit more logically, I guess those two things maybe separate, but even if it's highly improbable and it points back to God, I guess you can view it as a, as yeah. a miracle in itself rather than it's, just being inexplicable. So it's, so it's telling us that it's, it, miracles guide us towards God. Yeah. God hasn't stopped doing. God hasn't stopped guiding us towards Him in everything that He does. So I'd say, yeah, miracles do guide us towards Him because we we don't we haven't stopped doing what we've been doing for yeah. the past thousand, two thousand. If, if, years. if you if you do compartmentalize between miracles being a sort of specifically outrageous thing, if you like, then oh, he, unexplainable. Yeah, yeah. Um, then it's still that I think that's one of the main points of a miracle is to guide other people. Aside from that, you think of all the stories in the Bible of the miracles that happened. They affected those people greatly, but they've continued to affect people right up until now and will continue to affect people in the future. So they're not just specific one-off events that do good. They're continuing to do good over and over again. Yeah. I think it's interesting when it talks about to inspire wonder, which is basically what we're doing. We're constantly wondering. Like we're questioning things. We, we don't know the answers to things. And no matter how much, or I would argue, no matter how much science explanation and things come, will we ever truly understand? Well, the Bible tells us not. As much as we can try, God will always inspire that wonder and that awe because he is so much bigger than anything we can comprehend. Yeah. I think for me, I, I like that because it, it kind of ties into what, what for me is one of the central parts of the gospel in that promise of God's kingdom being unveiled here on earth. And, you know, so often we get wrapped up in this idea of like going off somewhere else when we die. But, you know, when we really look at what the Bible talks about, the Bible talks about God's kingdom being unveiled here and actually us heaven and there being a new earth and a new heaven and us seeing glimpses of heaven in our in our day-to-day on earth right now. And for me, that's, that's so exciting. And when we talk about miracles and when you spoke about being filled with that sense of awe and wonder, it's that catching glimpses of the coming kingdom and catching glimpses of, of heaven being unveiled where we are right now as if it's just, you know, just beyond our touch. But every now and then we see we see those small glimpses of it. And yeah. I so do you think we underuse the word miracle then as as a society as a whole or as a Christian society? Do you think we don't give the word miracle as much use as it should be used? I think it's probably because of the perceptions around it. Because I think if you come from it, from a, it's kind of that optimism and pessimism. Glass half full, glass yeah. half empty. Yeah, it's that kind of attitude. And within Christian circles, you have so many people that, like Ed, would be like, nah, it's not a miracle. What are you on about? Whereas... Maybe not in such a Yorkshire accent. Um, <laughs> but other people would be like, wow, that's incredible. Like, that is the kingdom being revealed to us. How exciting. Um, and I guess it's that attitude that we have towards it. And I don't think either is a right or wrong attitude to have. And I think it's probably healthy to have a mixture of them within our circles. Um, to I, kind think, of keep I think maybe having a more um, 
realist look at it, if you like, maybe it makes the miracles all the more miraculous. Like you say, inspiring the wonder. If you're expecting everything to be a miracle anyway, not that it makes it less of a miracle. You're saying we but, should be more cynical. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's what I'm saying. I like this. Uh, Carry on. <laughs> Let's not feed his cynicism. Why do I keep nice. trying to say words yeah. I can't pronounce? Um, but I think maybe... I'm going to keep using Ed as the over-the-top stereotype that we're kind of rolling with here, okay. so don't take offence to that. I'm all right with that. the character defamation. That, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. I assumed you would be. Um, but if you were to see a miraculous, unexplainable thing, maybe you would be more one, more inspired by that than the sort of person who takes everything as a miracle, every like literally everything. Yeah, and the inspiring wonders part of part of what you said. And actually, that inspires these sort of things and it inspires more conversation about who God is and what God does. And I can definitely see that in my life where there's been moments where I've really experienced a tangible sense of God's presence and um, and just been totally flawed by it and like blown away. But then what I find difficult is clinging on to that as, you know, months go by and like that that happens and you have those real like mountaintop experiences and you catch that glimpse of the coming kingdom and then yeah how do you keep that excitement keep that fire alive from that miraculous point and for me that, that's i guess that is that one of the reasons why i i'm not sure god like relies on miracles or constant oh, i'm getting myself caught up here but that's <laughs> but, interesting ed because I would argue that I don't necessarily have those mountaintop experiences that you're talking about. Like mine is very, my experience of God has very much been like small acts of of seeing him. And I don't know if that's because of our personalities or how we allow ourselves to connect with God. Uh, I don't know the reasons for that. And I feel like that could be a topic that's for a much whole bigger conversation. Other conversation. Yeah. But actually because of, of of our differences in that, our experiences of miracles are going to be different. Mm. I feel like I've been on both sides of this. So from Ed's perspective, there was a, I'll probably say a couple of years ago, that there was a time where I, I completely just shut God out and I thought everything was just chance, coincidence. And then fast forwarding, uh, I, I had some mental health difficulties and stuff like that. And from the other side of that, I just can't help but be in awe of what God does and see everything as such a positive, amazing thing. So whenever I see anything that's going really well, I think, oh, that's God's 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 miracles are absolutely everywhere, and I can see God in absolutely everything that I do. And coming from a place where I couldn't see that, it just makes it so much better when I can yeah. see everything like that. Yeah. Okay, I've got a, a bit of a question, and I'll try and explain it whilst you're thinking about it. Uh, my question would be: Could you argue that every answer to prayer is a miracle in itself? Um, and I guess that's in two parts. Firstly, um, the fact, the very fact that I can go with my petitions to God who created every, everything, absolutely everything, and he hears me is one thing. And the second part of then he, he cares and he loves me enough to then put some of the things that I, I've asked for, or I've petitioned for into motion is the second part of it. So from for answering my own question, I would say that the 100% just the fact that God hears me full stop is a miracle in itself but then the other part of it of, of 
that he he cares enough to even if it's not a the, you know what I was looking for that he will still always answer my prayer is something else in itself. I don't know what you guys think about that. I think I think it's I think it's great the fact that we can have that conversation with a God that will listen to us regardless of what the conversation is, and will always make sure that we are guided the way that we should be. So like. There's a clip in Bruce Almighty where he gets a million and one prayers and all of them are like, oh, I just want to win the lottery, and he just clicks yes to all, and that causes absolute carnage. But the fact God takes his, all of his time, well, time isn't really a thing for God, but the fact that he spends, gives all his effort to make sure we all get our own answers and our own story, if that makes sense. So the fact that God gives each one of us a chance to be ourselves through his image and the fact that he guides us through that I, I just think that is a miracle in itself, the and, fact that we can do that. And also that he's always working for our good, whether that's... Yeah. And he knows better than I do what is for my good. Exactly. Yeah, whether we acknowledge that it's for our good or not. Exactly, and sometimes it, that's hard yeah. to take. Yeah, because we were thinking about um, at church not so long ago, uh, the concept that we grow through God in, in three different scenarios, and, and one of those scenarios was through pain, and that's really hard to comprehend, is that the God that cares and answers our prayers can actually make some decisions that are going to be painful for us, but it's going to be for our good. Like, how do we comprehend that as humans? Yeah. I don't think we can, to be honest. It's difficult. Well, that's for me, that, that's the whole concept around communicating with God. It is That's probably the big, biggest miracle that I experience in, in my life, um, aside from other things that that can't be explained um, that, have, that have happened. Uh, firstly, answers to prayer, but also just, yeah, other events that we've seen. Um, but, yeah, for me, that's a, a, a huge thing around the topic of miracles is that, you know, God actually cares for all of us. is a, a miracle in itself. So how would you go about communicating that to people that don't have a relationship with God? I think it's it's, it's quite difficult, yeah. I guess the char- understanding the characteristics of God firstly is probably the, the most important thing to know that he created everything that he cares for each of us equally um but probably the whole thing that kind of lynches that's the linchpin of of the whole debate i guess is that um is knowing those two parts or explain that that's that's my experience of god and no doubt you guys will have different experiences or similar i guess that's the beauty of being able to discuss it in this kind of scenario um but yeah, trying to explain that to people who don't have faith is it can be difficult. I think that's a challenge as well. Of, of you know, this is my experience, but I I can't do your experience, and you can't do mine. You have it has to be something. That, yeah. I think maybe part of the whole like, describing it to other people that don't have a faith maybe is easier coming from Ed's definition of a miracle. What um, was that? In that they're more of a rather than an everyday, more of an inexplicable occurrence, if you like. Yeah. Um, I think that's probably easier to understand from a non-faith perspective. I think you can. Um, I think they're not mutually exclusive. I, I don't think. No. Yeah. I think. That, I'm not saying that either Ed's right or Jacob's right, and there's no middle ground. There definitely is a middle ground in that. Yeah. I think. Um, they both, yeah. And both they both, they both well. work because it's just dependent on how you describe it. I don't think they. And again, I think it comes back down to that personality and personal experience and perception. Yeah, where you are in your journey can yeah. change your definition. So some people would really take from that mountaintop experience. And that one-off big miracle, but then other people, it's like chipping away at, and 
they see those little miracles within your life. They see the little changes that you're making. Um, like, for example, um, one of my friends became a Christian at about 17 and you watch those little changes that he made within his life and actually I saw them as miracles and I saw God in ways that I'd not seen him before um, because of those little alterations that he made and I think that spoke to a lot of people as much as a big one-off, uh, somebody being brought back from the dead maybe, um, miracle might do as well. Yeah, I guess when when we say miracles, I think I sort of tend to immediately think the way that Ed thinks and go to the big. Yeah, I think most people do. When you first mention miracle, you think, oh, some, it's something... In, something in, what's well, the you word? think water and wine and stuff like that, don't yeah. you? You don't... You don't think the little things straight away because we're not we're not brought up in a world where that is the case. We're brought up where, especially from my perspective in Sunday school, when you learn about the stories about parting the Red Sea and stuff like that, they're massive things that you wouldn't you wouldn't really see ever. I think that's all that all relies on perspective. Though I think yeah, yeah. you'll find a lot of people who couldn't care less about water into wine, but the fact that someone's beating cancer, for example, mm. is is a huge huge thing. Yeah. Um, and and that happens frequently, particularly in modern medicine. There are a lot of people who are doing that, and a lot of people also, unfortunately, that, that don't make it. But the miracle for them couldn't care less about water into wine or you know Lazarus from the dead. But the fact that they've seen a parent or a loved one beat something, or, or that God's had a hand in doing something. So I think that's yeah, perspective yeah. massively. Well, I guess that's the personality type of how you connect with it. Because I think maybe maybe the reason I connect with the bigger ones better is or maybe the reason that I describe I would describe miracles as the bigger ones more is that I connect with that in a better way so I would maybe explain that in a better way yeah. to other people who think, think the same influenced by your like life experience potentially um I think we maybe just the way that stuff's explained maybe we just connect it in a different way maybe it's just the, the personality that we have I'm not sure I think mean, yeah it's really interesting because it's it's quite apparent that we we've all got very different views but no one will disagree because we can all pick the points out i guess it's it's all on your own experience your own um life your own faith journey um i suppose that's what i'm kind of picking up on this and it's going to be the same for for everyone listening i'm sure that they'll have different definitions of what is miraculous what isn't miraculous but i guess yeah we, we can all agree that god's still doing stuff and has anyone felt like they've experienced a big miracle uh when i say big do you know what i mean like not to someone like me I, I like i said being able to get water out of the tap i think is quite miraculous or maybe maybe not that but do you know what i mean like, i i see the i see the something, miracles in the little things. something inexplicable like, yeah has yeah. anyone had anything like that or? i've had i've had one which well I've, I've had a few um but there's been a couple of times where i've really had a sense of God telling me that I needed to tell someone something or needed to talk to someone about something. And um, in both of those occasions, I felt uh, like almost God squeezing my stomach. I've, I've felt a physical compression there where I've felt like it's literally being squeezed out of me and I, I couldn't do anything else until I'd said those words or actually had that conversation. And I, that is one of the most frustrating experiences ever because I feel like a lunatic when I tell people about it. <laughs> and I absolutely it doesn't, identify with that. Yeah, it so. doesn't fit any of 
the things that go on in my head. It doesn't fit in any box. And I'm, I just feel like God's actually, like, absolutely having a good laugh about my expense at this. <laughs> but <laughs> I wonder if God does stuff, because I've not experienced anything like that. And I wonder if it's because of your perceptions around miracles that he physically has to do that to you to make you not understand. That's not what I mean. That that's, But I don't know because... I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, what I'm I get to where say. you're coming from. Yeah, Just try and make you appreciate it a bit more. Yeah, it, it's really hard, and I, I, I guess a lot of my, the the reason why I struggle with miracles, like when we talk about people being healed from cancer, is the number of times I hear about people praying for miracles that just don't happen, and I love it when I hear stories about people who have prayed for something and it didn't happen, and they talk about how God was with them anyway in their suffering, and God was it with them in when things didn't go to plan I, I i find it much harder to listen to stories about people that were healed and um yeah and i i guess that's that's part of the reason why i, I have a, a slightly negative reaction but um yeah that though there are those those experiences of being literally like squeezed yeah, like forced into saying something forced into having conversations that i really don't want to have I definitely identify with that i think yeah. there's times where even just things like when we've done sort of testimony times in church environments, whether it's been sort of in the youth stuff or, mm. and someone says, do you want to speak? And I go, nope, but I'm going to have to because yeah. God's not going to let me not do this now. Mm. Um, and yeah, I know what you, when you say the pit in your stomach, like, a, yeah, I can't not do this now. It's not coming from me. So mm. we're going to have to go with this. It's very difficult, I'm not picking up on what Jacob said earlier, it's very difficult trying to portray that. Like you said, you can end up sounding a little bit crazy if you... And it's something that's very much a lived experience. I can identify with Bovary with what you're saying mm. because I've been in a similar position, but also trying to think from the other side of, of someone who's maybe not got any faith in the saying, well, tell me about how you interact with God. It's really difficult to try and explain that as far as yeah without sounding like you're a nutcase yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, had, I had one one experience where i sat on a bus on a, like a long bus journey on my own and then i was just looking out the window and i just really felt god being there and i was like almost sat there just crying and i was like this is nonsense <laughs> but you know it, it is so hard to explain yeah how how an encounter with God feels or, yeah. or That's so interesting, though, that you would view, like what you guys have just spoken about, that you would view that as miracles after what, like the kind of things that you've just been saying about, um, I don't know. I think yeah. I do. I'm not sure if you do, idea. I, I have no idea what I do, to be honest. <laughs> like, I say half of this and disagree with myself after I've said it, and then... Yeah, so I think it's the whole idea of being able to have the, have a physical connection with God is miraculous. Yeah, yeah, the fact 100%. that we can do that. Yeah. So for me, it's when when I'm I find it when I'm driving. Like, say if I've just been somewhere, and I'm driving home, I'll just start praying without even thinking about it. The words will just come out of my mouth, and I just think this is God telling me what I'm supposed to do, but me actually saying it. And this is absolutely incredible. And I sound like a lunatic as well. Now I've said it, <laughs> but this is. This is a miracle, the fact that God can connect to me like this and it's, it's physically happening. Like, I really do feel like I take my relationship with God for granted just from having this conversation because, like, to me, I, I, just, I, I just wouldn't view that. I don't know. I just don't. 
view that as miraculous but now I feel like I do now I've listened to you guys talk about it because it, it is amazing that we have that ability like Nick said to to connect with the almighty and I think I think I take it for granted I think I think it's partly was we in in the church, you know, hundreds of years ago, or even as as near as like fifty, a hundred years ago, they had this real reverence for God. Like when they spoke about God, they had they held it in such such reverence. And I feel like we've partly lost some of that. Like I, I'm I'm all for kind of using modern worship songs and all that stuff, but we've made it kind of quite uh, light. And I think that there's definitely room for that. And I love that we have a God of joy and laughter and fun, but also maybe we've lost an element of that we are in communication with the 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 god who created the stars and 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 the planet and everything and actually this is you know the the most almighty being in our universe or in any universe and does that mean there's such thing as bad miracles and how do you mean a miracle which doesn't always have a good outcome I guess it depend if we're using the the definitions that we said earlier that it points back towards god I'm not so sure there can be a Something that's. Right. I think bad. that comes down to your understanding of God's plan and the fact that we don't really understand. So, yeah. something that could be seen as a bad miracle in my eyes is not because it's a part of God's plan. So Give me an example of what you'd say a bad miracle would be. <sighs> the only way I could really put it is say if, if you lost someone in your family, that feels like a really bad thing at the time, but the thing that you could get out of that through the lessons that you learned from that. that could be a miracle in itself. I guess the lesson's the miracle rather than the person dying. Right, though, yeah. Isn't it? yeah, to separate the two. Yeah, for me, that, that always comes back to, I, I don't believe, like sometimes you hear people talking about everything happens for a reason. I, re- I really don't believe everything happens for a reason. I think some things just happen, but I do believe we have a God that can use everything that happens for good and that everything that happens, whether it's good, bad or, or ugly, um, God can use it for, for good in our lives. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think I, I would say I believe in a God that has plans for everything and whether we follow or that or not creates extra... Um, Sometimes we just complicate the yeah. roads. And if things don't go the way that we planned them, God's got another plan because he's perfect and unimaginable. Oh, we're not perfect. going that way. Okay, <laughs> yeah, we'll So we go just re-steer it way. to still be perfect. And yeah. So there, there is good in the bad because God puts it in there. Right. I think is where I would go with that, if that makes any sense. I think, yeah, the, to separate the two, I think obviously bad things do, or things that we deem to be bad things do happen, but uh, there can be miraculous growth within that, dependent on yeah how you how you view it or how uh, you approach the outcome of it. Um, it's quite interesting because I think that, uh, so I can't remember who it was who said it, who said that um, m- most growth comes through suffering. Um, and it's quite interesting to think, actually, um is is that true first of all and, and secondly um how do i see that do I, it sounds it's like being joyful in in yeah, yeah. in difficult times it's, it's I, I find it's it's so odd in christian circles that like I, I often feel like i've missed out on something because i've had a very comfortable life so far i haven't been exposed to much really really hard stuff sure that, that like everyone's got stuff that, is, that goes wrong and doesn't quite follow what should happen but it, I haven't had those major horrible moments of suffering um, that, or, or even those moments where people, like often you hear people like turn away from their faith for a big period of time and then, and then have like that crisis and then they come back stronger. 
I, sometimes I feel like, oh, I, do I need to have that? Should I have some sort of crisis before before actually reaching where I need to be? Or is that meant to be a spin-off of our podcast, some sort of crisis? Some sort of crisis. <laughs> yeah, that would be a solo monologue of my. Uh, my... Yeah, I, know, I, know, I do know what you mean. Um, yeah. I know that's a really silly thing to say, <laughs> but sometimes nothing does... is silly on some sort of miracle. Well, I some things yeah, are going to be silly. It, everyone's. I'm going to try. Life, uh, life experiences are totally different, and I think we, particularly, there's there's four of us here that are the most privileged group in the world, like yeah. being white men in in a Western country. Um, I think we've had a really, a really, really easy ride compared to some people. Sorry, Lauren. That's, that's, all right. I'll just be underprivileged. Don't mind me. Just the woman in the car. But looking at the facts, that's that's kind yeah. of where where we're at. So I think similar to you, Ed. I feel like you know, I've you know, things have happened in my life that have been difficult to deal with, but I've had an easy ride compared to mm. a lot of people. And then when when we. You know, in the church, we love to talk about suffering. We love to talk about be, uh, God being there with you in the hard times. And I just feel utterly unqualified. You know, when, when I'm talking about like stuff that's been hard for me and then someone comes in and, you know, shares a real story of pain and suffering, I just I just feel like, wow, I, I don't even know where to start with that. that uh, yeah, how are we supposed to... I think that can only be formed on your perception, though, because if that's it has to be based on what you've experienced. You can't exaggerate or false yeah. falsify what you're feeling if you feel like if you feel like something bad's happened to you and you've overcome it in a certain way no one can take that feeling away from you in the same sense that if something really bad has happened to someone and then they get through it they will have that same feeling yeah i, I think i'm also of the type to anything bad that's happened to me i like to play it down in my own head i i don't yeah i, I i'm not one to kind of um overstate something that's happened in my life or and it's, it's all down to a perspective of how, yeah. if, if it's the worst thing that's happen, ever happened to you, then it is the worst thing that's ever happened in your head. So, yeah. But I would also argue that God uses other people's experiences to influence us. Yeah, um, definitely, yeah. Yeah. But it's the same as, like you said, with miracles inspiring, wondering. Yeah, I would argue, yeah. So you might view that suffering of, of other people, but I feel like you can take something from that as much as you would from yourself as well. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Like, to, just even talking about miracles and our perceptions, I think f- for for me, the the things that come to mind in my life, hearing, I think what you were saying earlier, Ed, hearing other people talk and think, well, that's great for you, or that's great, but actually the little things in my life seem to be mm. a lot bigger than the ones that I can hear of people about a lot. I'm not saying that people shouldn't tell me about things. Yeah. Um, but I'm just saying, yeah, I guess my where I arrive at um, my own conclusions as to how God's working, it's the personal experience of, of my own journey kind of influences that massively, and, and it can be something as as insignificant to somebody else would be a huge thing for me and I guess that's the same for everybody else really it's kind of what we said about miracles in general isn't it yeah yeah but isn't it amazing that we all have our own individual relationships with God that allows for that yeah in that that to me yeah that proves to me that that God cares about me as an individual Mm. because my experience hasn't been the same as Ed's and it hasn't been the same as yours so actually, that to me makes my relationship with God even more special. One of my one of my favourite um, 
authors, Rob Bell, um, he talks about it with any kind of um, dilemma or any topic within faith or anything like that. We It's like uh, picking up a, a diamond or a precious jewel and just turning it in the light. And although the light reflects off, ref, refracts off it in loads of different ways, that's all just part of the beauty of the one thing. So for me, that's always what I think of when we talk about us all having our own perspective and our own experiences around something uh, that actually that is just turning the diamond and seeing how actually all of this is true. All of this is God. All of this is, um, you know, you know, God leading us in different directions, but um, yeah, it's all held within the beauty of the one central thing. Uh, And actually that's informed my understanding of like the Bible and how we do scripture and how we, how we look at any of those that I, I struggle whenever we make anything black or white. It's like, I, I love the gray area actually <laughs> as much as I moan about it. It's, <laughs> it's, it's kind of an area that there's freedom in that, isn't there? Yeah. That and you if, can... there, if there was no gray area, we wouldn't be having this d- discussion because it would just be yes or no to yeah. everything that we've said. Yeah. Um, and I feel like the gray area allows for miracles because actually people begin with that wonder and awe because they want to experience that for themselves or they want to understand what we're experiencing and why we're experiencing it and whether they can experience it for themselves. And I think it opens, opens yeah. up a and space it, for miracles And if it is black or white, you know for a definite why something's happened. And yeah, it's very explainable. Yeah, yeah. You, lose, Which, you lose that awe that comes with a miracle. So it's not a miracle. Yeah, and the wonder. Yeah. God exists in the grey. Hallelujah. <laughs> is, that, is that the name for the episode? Have we renamed this now? God, God exists in the grey like that. And that's, that's a wrap. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you so much for joining us for this first ever official episode of Some Sort of Miracle. Uh, please do give us your questions. Have you experienced some sort of miracle? Uh, could you share nice. that with us? Thank you. I've been working on that. Um, could you share that with us in the Facebook group, um, the listener group on the Some Sort of Miracle page? Uh, yeah, and please do get in touch. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening, guys. Bye-bye. Bye.